1973, music critics were talking about a musician they had dubbed the New Dylan. This musician had earned the moniker for his focus on dense lyrical content, so much so that Columbia Records marketed the album with the quote, This man puts more thoughts, more ideas, and images into one song than most people put into an album. The promotional quote most accurately describes the opening track off of the album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. The song boasts six verses along with a chorus and bridge, which the new Dylan wrote in his bedroom with a rhyming dictionary on hand. This sprawling coming-of-age piece was written in a day along with another song after Columbia president Clive Davis listened to an early version of the album and remarked that it had no singles. The opening track was released as a single, but it did not chart. In February 1977, a version released by Manfred Mann's Earth Band hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, became permanently ingrained in the popular conscious. This remains the only number one hit the original artist ever saw for a song he had written. You may not recognize him as the new Dylan, but you probably recognize his other nickname, The Boss. That's right, we're talking Bruce Springsteen's Blinded by the Light on Cover Me. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one hits us where we least expect it. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my Curly Whirly co-host. Hey, that's accurate. I'm Alex Mildenberger. Yeah, not bad, right? I, don't, I, I mean, honestly, I looked at these lyrics. I still am not 100% on what a Curly Whirly is, but I could describe your hair. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it for sure. Alex, Alex, we're talking about "Blinded by the Light" by the the boss Bruce Springsteen, the boss not Rick himself. Ross, the boss. By this boss, this boss. Um, this one feels like it's been a long time coming. Yeah, this was like definitely on the list from the start of like yeah. things we should do, but it never felt like the time. And now it now it's the time, and it's the time because it's a momentous occasion. That's right. Two years, Alex. 104 episodes. 104. Two years of doing this recording. Yeah. Pretty pretty consistently. Pretty goddamn consistently. Not every week, but most weeks, and we haven't, like, missed an episode. Yeah, in terms of release schedule, we have been every week. Once I had to post on a Wednesday because some hosting issues, but nonetheless, we have posted every week since our inception. So that's got to count for something. Counts for something, baby. It's consistency. Yeah. Two two things you want that in. It's your podcasts and your poops. That's what I always say. Oh, yeah. But what kind of consistency is the question? I guess guess any consistency is uh, is a consistency, right? And for us to be consistent, (laughs) uh, we're talking about Bruce Springsteen for the, I guess, third time. Second co- yeah. time it's actually talking about covers. Second time it's a Bruce Springsteen original. First time it's a Bruce Springsteen song we actually like. True. Although Not I think I, I, I like, like Cadillac I like Ranch Cadillac now. Ranch more than I did before we did that recording. So Yeah, but we had to do the process to come to terms with it, whereas mm-hmm. this one I, I'm coming in already warmed up to it, you know? True. True. And me too. Yeah, it's uh, this song... Naturally, I had only heard the the Manfred Mann's Earth Band version for most of my life, and even then, a shortened version, largely, which takes out the bridge. 
The like the radio edit. Yeah. I I don't remember because I I don't have specific memories, but I know I've always known this, and like listening to it, every single moment is like ingrained in my mind. Like I know every bit of like the solos and stuff. I'm like like it, like it's just naturally there. I can recall, you know, as it goes. Right. But I but I feel like I would have only listened to it on the radio, so I don't know exactly why I would have had yeah, this version. But. I th- think we've talked about this on another episode but it's possible that the radio edit was like used in the initial run and obviously i didn't hear it then in 1976 but as you go later on the timeline more rock and roll stations were willing to play full like seven minute tracks right because it's like uh like classic rock stations where they're like we focus on the music man Mm -hmm. greatest music ever made so yeah, if you can play Coming Stairway up, to Heaven, you can fucking chuck on Man for Man Earth Bands, Blinded by the Light. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Plus, also, I think if I saw it on LimeWire, and it was like, this one's seven minutes, and this one's three, and I'd be like, yeah, seven minutes sounds like value for no money. <laughs> so I would have gone the reverse, but like, that seven-minute one is going to be that like Bill Clinton clip, where it's like, I do not have sexual relations with that woman. What? But I... <laughs> yeah, you never got that one? No, I didn't, it was a... I didn't use LimeWare enough, I guess, to get a lot of the wrong thing, other than getting oh my God. the Joker when I wanted Space Cowboy. It was a nightmare, dude. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, that and this was my own stupidity. I'm sure I've told you this story, but I had these kind of faulty uh, computer speakers where the, uh, I think it was the left uh, speaker would kind of just drop out sometimes with the cord. It wasn't in the right position. Right. So I was I had spent hours trying to download a version of Space Oddity that wasn't that I I thought I was downloading like like hacked versions or something. You know when the, your parents tell you like the internet's evil and watch out for hackers or something. Everything's hacked. I thought this was them playing goofs on me when I would download a version. It was just the harmony vocals I could hear. <laughs> I was like, that's not David Bowie. That- <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. Is that how you I only figured your speakers out. were broken? Well, yeah, I figured it out because once I had downloaded a file, and it was it was right. It was the correct file, as in, like, the speaker happened to be working. And then at a later point down the road, I was listening to that file, and I was like, it's changed on me. It's it's morphed. I'm like, that the They've hackers got you. me. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's it's got to be these fucking speakers. I did I did actually have a sound file one time, like got corrupted somehow. So it would be in the middle of the song and then it became like a bunch of synth sounds for a couple seconds and then went back into like Killer Queen. Huh. Just randomly. That was weird. That is weird. But we're not here to talk about the, the No, we're here to talk about a lot of music. other things. A lot of other things, and I feel like this is gonna be fat because like I said, there's six goddamn verses to this thing. Yep. Let's dive into those, Alex. We are not we do not have the the gift of time on our hands. No, we I mean, do we not. Do, well, but, but we maybe shouldn't. Yeah, we should uh <laughs> we should be expedient. Okay. Blinded by the Light by Bruce Springsteen, verse 1. Madman drummers, bummers and Indians in the summer with a teenage diplomat in the dumps with the mumps as the adolescent pumps his way into his hat. With a boulder on my shoulder, feeling kinda older, I tripped the merry-go-round. 
With this very unpleasing sneezing and wheezing, the calliope crashed to the ground. Lots of rhyming. Lots of rhyming. So yeah, he allegedly uh, there's a, a there was an alleged quote. It was just on song facts. Um, so he wrote the song in his bedroom using a rhyming dictionary. And uh, a, a Bruce Springsteen quote is that the rhyming dictionary was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, lots of like internal rhyme, Madman Drummer, Bummers, Indians in the Summer, uh, shit like that, Dumps with the Mumps, Adolescent Pumps, Boulder Shoulder, Older, yeah, he, he tends to do like three in a line, which, good job, Bruce, way, way to use that dictionary. Yeah, it's got some like flow, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll, with obviously a lot of songs focus on just like an, an end rhyme, the end of each line, even if it's like yeah. different patterns and not simple like rhyming couplets. Um, that's pretty common, but this kind of, it just rhymes a lot more. Yeah. And it's, there's something like kind of sing-songy about that, which might play into the, uh, the themes of coming of age here. Yeah. So the, the first line in particular is like, I mean, the whole thing is fairly autobiographical, but Madman Drummers, the, the first drummer for the Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen. Is this the E Street Band on this as well? Had they officially become the E Street Band? I don't know if they were called the E Street Band at this point, actually. They were definitely by his second album. Okay. It says eventually became known as the E Street Band. So I don't... I don't know. The name was not used until 1974. Because the musicians on this are uh, Bruce Springsteen, Vinny Mad Dog Lopez, who was originally known as Mad Man. He was the drummer, so Mad Man Drummer. And then Clarence Clemens. Yeah, and Clarence Clemens was only on, I think, two tracks in this album, and they were the ones they recorded late. Oh, yeah, so that'd be Blinded by the Light which and is, Spirits yeah. in the Night. Which, <laughs> which are, like, uh, two of the more remembered ones, and I'm pretty sure the two that Manford Mann is known for covering as well. Yeah, because they covered that one afterwards, and they're the two that uh, Springsteen wrote after the uh, Columbia Records president was like, this this needs a single. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Have the... I love that when you demand more music out of bruce springsteen he gives you like literally the best <laughs> like i'm not happy about this but fine all right <laughs> the best so song on the album if, like, if i have to here fuck you and you're like this is dancing in the dark and he's like i know ah <laughs> <sighs> all right and yeah so madman drummer yeah was 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 the drummer um and Indians, he was a, a, a youth like baseball team he was on. Yeah, apparently you, you could do that in New Jersey back in the day. I mean, you could still do it today, but we're we're slowly coming around on that. Yeah, and he and he's the teenage diplomat who got mumps and just kills time by beating off into his hat, I guess. Yeah, hat being, I guess, like a, a, some somebody in genius suggested it was a condom. I guess. I guess, like, something you put on top of something else. Could be yeah, a hat, and it's, so, yeah. it's, uh, it reminds me of uh, I Love You, Man, where Jason Siegel's character is like, yeah, I, I beat off into condoms because it feels luxurious, and then you don't have to clean up afterwards. <laughs> Man, I, I gotta rewatch that. I forget everything about it, almost. It's I've watched it too many times, probably, but, you know, it's a good film. Um, yeah, and one thing that surprised me a little not really surprised me but i didn't notice kind of at first was a lot of bruce springsteen particularly early material is like very sexual Mm -hmm. or like fairly sexual particularly sort of for the time and for like the level of popularity 
but he often likes to like throw out his or say that one of his influences for like going into music was more and better sex so it's not that much of a surprise (laughs) oh yeah and i'm thinking also his early audiences and this came up in research as well were you know his bar crowds and so they weren't too concerned with the lyrics and i whereas bruce springsteen was he was like it's about the lyrics so maybe he was trying to do like a shakespeare kind of play to the masses and put in some sex lyrics which is always welcome and fun yeah but also sex is so critical to this song so much of it is about like the light itself is either sex or romance that seems to blind these people but we'll we'll get into more of that but i think it is integral to the song and it is interesting to note that yeah springsteen's early stuff is very sex focused Mm -hmm. so Um, the boulder on my shoulder is just a chip on my shoulder but said in a rhymey way yeah he said in a rhymey way and it's it's like a big chip because it's a boulder Mm -hmm. so he's like this is his like frustration obviously he's in the dumps and he's sort of sequestered here because he's sick in this yeah in this initial part and then they bring in the uh or and then he starts to talk about the the merry-go-round uh and the the calliope which are both like the merry-go-rounds like a like a kind of a symbol of childhood yeah um which he is so now like kind of, of destroying i think or i don't exactly it's an act of vandal yeah. i never i never got that but i tripped the merry-go-round because the merry-go-round goes round and he's it's a goofy image yeah. but you know like putting his foot out and the thing topples over on him yeah um and then calliope is i think something you get in like a like a carnival which is also sort of like a maybe something focused on younger childhood yeah so it would literally be attached to the merry-go-round it would be playing the music that plays out of the merry-go-round oh i guess so see i'm thinking merry-go-round like at a playground but yeah the merry-go-round would like, yeah no like a carousel yeah so and uh, a calliope is um is a, like a street organ that you might that are sometimes powered by steam but the like just so everybody knows um and it's like the like the organ sounds you'd hear at a carnival that is like a calliope sound so that's what he's talking about which is also getting destroyed kind of destroying this symbol of i think his own childhood basically yeah sort of the area he's from and uh yeah, what he what he did when he was younger, growing up, and he sort of carelessly uh, and callously maybe disposes of it because he's just you know he's feeling a little pissy, he's a little angsty, he's a teen, mm-hmm. and he, so he throws you know childhood to the ground and watches it slowly wheeze to death, <laughs> which is a which is a fun image and sound. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's great imagery. Um, we come to verse two, which is some all hot half shot was heading for the hot spot, snapping his fingers, clapping his hands, and some flesh pot mascot was tied into a lover's knot with a whatnot in her hand. And now young Scott with a slingshot finally found a tender spot and throws his lover in the sand. Some bloodshot forget me not whispers, Daddy's with an earshot, save the buckshot, turn up the band. Fucking great writing on this. <laughs> Um, so second verse seems to be either one person's story. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be him necessarily. Um, it also sounds like it might be several anecdotes or several different people kind of 
happening sequentially like different... yeah let me speak, yeah. use a quote that might speak to that a little bit um this was in an interview with zigzag springsteen was talking about the sort of barrage of images he uses in these songs he says i see these situations happening when i sing them and i know the characters well i use them in different songs and see them in shadows they're probably based on people i know or else they're flashes that just appear there there's a lot of activity a whole mess of people it's like if you're walking down the street my songs are what you see only distorted a lot of songs were written without any music at all it's just that i do like to sing the words so yeah this sort of image of just like what you're seeing when you're walking down a busy street kind of comes up in the second verse possibly yeah or like in his case maybe on i guess he's talking about sand so it'd be like on a boardwalk in new jersey kind of thing or mm-hmm. like at the bar that he's performing at i know he does like to talk about his 10 years of hardcore bar band experience also yeah in... which does come up in this as well some of this is so directly connected that mm-hmm. maybe even that first line because i think him being all hot and i think it's brought up in the genius annotations as well as him kind of being all talk right i do like the whole hot all hot half shot line because it kind of takes like the other term related term hot shot and like breaks it up and kind of makes it rhythmic but also implies that it's all talk yeah so he's he's this all talk and like you know half all right guy who's going for the hot spot Mm -hmm. now some people have suggested that of course with the sexual connotation it could be pussy which sure yeah or it could be like the bar he's going yeah it could just as easily be like the place to be or like a hopping joint you know yeah and him i mean because then we have to take the second part of that line snapping his fingers clapping his hands either that's him trying to work a vagina just horribly (laughs) or that's him getting amped up for for the hot spot he's got he's got a song in his heart and he's you know snapping his fingers clapping his hands getting ready um and i think i i definitely have like some critiques of the the genius annotations because uh a lot of them are really trying to read into it in like some bizarre ways uh yeah and it's, it's weird did you look at the annotations for both the bruce springsteen version and the manford man version i actually did not there's because some of them are different and then they just they're so self-assured about their wild interpretations it's um let's make fun of them in a way that they can't uh, talk back um <laughs> all right so and then the fleshpot mascot that line i i think he's just trying to refer to like on the one hand it just seems to be like a like two people this is tied into a lover's knot which i just interpret as two people like making out or whatever mm-hmm. but also then he says a what not in her hand which could imply a hand job right but also could just be like a drink like it either means it doesn't matter or he's like trying to censor it i think yeah so, so- so I like so the I, we're, I'll give genius annotation the credit of describing a flesh pot, which is a place where people are entertained, usually related right. to drinking and sex. Um. So and they said a mascot would be like a prostitute, but it could just as easily be just kind of a barfly type, like a woman who's yeah, always a regular, there. someone he maybe recognizes. Um. And it also goes into pains of like here's two things a lover's knot can be. One is an actual type of knot, and one is a specific type of ring. And they posit that the what knot in her hand is that kind of ring, which, like, I, I don't 
see why that has to be true. Yeah, if anything, I get the image of sort of two uh, two individuals who have drank a little bit, and you know they're outside the bar, maybe just in the alley on the side, getting you know a little more intimate than they should in public. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me too. Like they're they're kind of physically like, but metaphorically knotted together. And then that is, I suppose, contrasted with the the, uh, the coming of age image of young Scott with the slingshot, fin- who finally, finally finds a tender spot, spot, which is uh, either you know the vagina, right, <laughs> or some sort of emotional tenderness he's learned how to love, right. He's like, or yeah, he's like made a connection, or and like literally found a spot where they can be tender together yeah and he can throws he throws her in the sand because it's it can yeah comfortably hold them because he's presumably under the boardwalk and as we know under the boardwalk's a great place for making love that's right baby and uh with the slingshot um that's been suggested that a slingshot is sort of a child's toy and then he uh, he starts with that and then ends with the lover in the sand coming of age in in one or two lines rather and some bloodshot and... forget-me-not, whispers daddy's with an earshot. Save the buckshot, turn up the band. Which, also, I don't know about bloodshot forget-me-not, um, but it, the rest of the line kind of takes the cliche of, like, a defensive father who gets mad at all his daughter's boyfriends and threatens them with a, a gun, perhaps. Or yeah, violence. I mean, the woman has to be bloodshot. Forget me not. I guess so, because she's whispering. That's and kind he of the, uses yeah, that the same sort of descriptive object um, talk in a later verse. I'm describing a uh, a moonstone or something. Yeah, there's a moonstone. Fresh, yeah, fresh sown moonstone. Yeah, New yeah, moon. yeah, yeah. That's the no. one. Fresh stone moonstone. Yeah, it's it's literally the yeah fresh stone moonstone, and again I I believe that refers to a woman. So he's using these sort of random object poetic terms of forget me not, um, bloodshot maybe because they're up late. Yeah, maybe, and then is or, is yeah. stopping some sort of sexual or 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 slowing down some sort of sexual situation. Not even slowing it down, but Perhaps. rather in, like, enacting hey. measures to keep it going. Turn up the volume on the radio. Oh, because... Turn up the band. Okay. So my daddy can't hear us fucking, and he won't come and shoot you. Because <laughs> maybe he can hear you. Okay. Yeah. It, it feels like, a, again, another classic like teenage sex situation. We're going to put on some loud music so nobody knows what we're doing. And no one will <laughs> know. It'll just be blaring music, and no one will suspect a thing. No, no one will suspect a thing. And then we get into the chorus, which uh, is directly relates to this girl, the bloodshot forget-me-not. He says she was blinded by the light, cut loose like a deuce, another runner in the night, blinded by the light. She got down, but she never got tight, but she'll make it, all right? So, well, I'm going to leave the blinded by the light bit for now, because I'm still not 100% on it, but cut loose like a deuce, um, a deuce being a two-seater, like, hot rod, mm-hmm. and then... And then I'll run her a night, like just just ripping through the night. This idea of moving fast, like it has to be. I think with it being a two seater, and also with it being this sort of high performance vehicle, the light has to be some kind of. Is is the light the light of other 
cars on other deuces and other runners in the night, as it were? Uh, the way I took it, and this is kind of looking at more of the song, um, but I always thought it was more about like ambition and moving in life and trying to reach your goals. So like, on the one hand, you can like you 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 chase your goals, but like you can be blinded by that ambition, and maybe you'll you'll fail. You'll be fine, but you won't necessarily like reach reach the goal reach uh, the goals you're chasing. Right. That's what I get I'm... out of it. My my take from it is fairly non-sexual, but yeah, I think that is incorrect. So if we look at this chorus, it directly refers to the woman talked about in verse two, and it has to be. I I think it has to be the bloodshot forget me not. And there is no, I mean, unless you want to say that getting laid on the beach is an ambition. Well, no, it's more of the rest of the song. And and because he, he starts to talk about himself, I think, starting, but that's not till like the fourth verse. So, well, let's, if we go to the next use of the chorus, it refers to the guy, the chaperone watching young women dance. Sure. And they remind him of the feeling of romance which could be literal romance or could just be sexual desire, and then he's blinded by the light. Right. And the uh, let's draw the two common points between the woman on the beach and the dude watching girls dance. It's not ambition. It's sex. Okay. And then the other guy, the final guy who is blinded by the light, is the man complaining about getting an STI. He caught the clap. And then fucking Bruce Springsteen finds out that he's just a, a no-brain idiot, but figured he'd be all right because he was just blinded by the light. It's just a condition that happens sometime. I think it has to be about sex. I don't have a rebuttal or anything. I just not, none I'm of not the, totally none on of board. The, none of the characters in the song are ambitious. No, the now the reason I think I've gone after this this way of looking at it is because that's a fairly common theme in a lot of uh, Bruce Springsteen's other work is talking about like small town ambition. And that was kind of one of the big things he talked about feeling when he was very young was wanting to get out of the town. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe that's more of a born to run thing, but yeah, uh, I don't think that's present on this one, but I always, or often look at his material from that angle. Yeah, and that's fair. But again, like the closest we get to his uh, sort of uh, disconnect with his small town is in verse four, where she asks him to play the song with the funky break, which seems to relate to his view of his music, which was lyrics first, right. and his his bar audience view of his music, which, which was music first. Chase the music. Because, yeah, nowhere does it say actually say that Bruce, Bruce as his character, is blinded by the light. I suppose not. Let's keep going through the lyrics. Let's keep going through it. So we talked about the... Uh, and she got down, but she never got tight. Now, what does that mean, Alex? From no fucking clue. I think she got down is probably pretty easy. It's We're, we're in the early 70s here. You get down is having sex. That is having sex. Um, and she never got tight. Now we could take this two ways. Is that she never had, what is it, vaginismus, where the thing just tightens right up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's one crazy interpretation. That cannot possibly be right. 
Um, I would say maybe it relates to her handling of a risky situation, which is having sex on the beach while her dad's nearby. She played it cool. She remained calm and somehow level-headed while being blinded by the light. Again, like, if it's sexual, like, when you are in a sexual state, you sort of lose sight of other things. You're literally blinded by this... This and, and people call it a religious experience. People call it all these things. It's the the universal human experience, getting laid, mm-hmm. and so like maybe that is the light. So I think I I really think it is that she had sex and she's like she played her cards right, so she's gonna be okay. I'm trying to think That's... of a way that both could be true. I think it's possible, but. I'd have to think about it. I'll let you sit on it. Maybe it'll come up when we come into verse three. Um, some brimstone baritone, anti-cyclone rolling stone preacher from the East. He says, dethrone the dictaphone, hit it in its funny bone. That's where they expect it least. And some new moan chaperone was standing in the corner all alone, watching the young girls dance. And some fresh sown moonstone was messing with his frozen zone to remind him of the feeling of romance. Of romance. Romance. Alex, help me with the preacher here. I'm this is what the the one I'm least prepared for, probably. Yeah, this one is definitely weird and I'm going with some of the some of the uh genius annotations here. I mean the, some of the obvious things. When he talks about a brimstone baritone. Brimstone, talking about fire and brimstone and like end of days and and brimstone's often associated with hell. And baritone could just be like a voice type but also baritone is a low voice type and low places perhaps associated with hell as well mm-hmm. an anticyclone is not a um weather pattern i am terribly familiar with because i think it's more uh coastal but um yeah. as far as i can tell it's it clears out clouds so like it's actually not necessarily good weather but like it's clear weather I think, but also it apparently re- possibly refers to a roller coaster, but that doesn't make much sense. Oh yeah, there's like a, the cyclone is a Coney Island roller coaster. Yeah, but he seems to be some sort of traveling preacher person, and when he says from the east, as far as I know, that could be like New York, I guess. Yeah, like, where not is a... Bob Dylan from? I think uh, he's definitely associated with New York. I don't know that he's from New York. Because I could see this being, maybe this plays into your interpretation of, of Bruce Springsteen's early work, is this is the call from to, to the greater world, is Bob Dylan swinging in. I was born in Duluth, Minnesota, unfortunately, but yeah, if, he, mm. if you're saying he's... I one time read a quote about him being associated with the New York hipster scene. Relocation to New York in, uh looks like January 1961. So... Could very well be. Yeah, and given how given how knowledge would be spread in that time, uh, you know. Yeah, he's not like, gonna look up the Wikipedia. He's gonna be like, oh, fuck, he's from Minnesota. I can't use this from, line." From fucking Duluth. His rhyming <laughs> yeah, dictionary so, was not gonna tell you that. So he may. It may very well be that this uh, this preacher man is uh, is Bob Dylan. Yeah, I'm not convinced Bob Dylan's a baritone, but that's not probably that important. mm Hmm. Some of it just sounds good. Anti-cyclone, because he, uh, if we're taking it as this thing that brings in clearness 
clear skies and cooler, drier air. That I would associate that with a positive feeling. Yeah, quite possibly. So using Bruce so. Springsteen as the witness of this, um, like that would be his thing. He's like, oh, yeah. and uh, like the reference of a Rolling Stone. Yeah, you could have just stone. said like a Holy Roller, but that wouldn't rhyme with Cyclone and Baritone. But like that right. seems like like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. And, uh, and there's not that much song. east of of New Jersey, of New Jersey, unless we're talking far east, which yeah. I don't think plays it into the line. Doesn't seem to yeah make much sense. Yeah, because I think there'd be less brimstone in that scenario. Yeah, unless it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, dethrone the dictaphone. What does this fucking mean? The dictaphone's like a recording device. Yeah, it's a recording device. I don't know exactly what that's referring to. Um, there was another, like, I like the Bob Dylan thoughts, but I was also thinking maybe it was, a just someone who's like rallying against rock and roll. So when he's talking about dethrone the dictaphone, it's just someone being like, don't listen to rock and roll and like these recordings. And, but mm. at the same time, it could be the opposite of that. If it's like Bob Dylan is like, don't listen to, I, I don't really know the context of the dictaphone exactly like yeah i don't know much about it's like uh perception yeah particularly in the 1970s con hit it in its funny bone that's where they expect at least maybe it could be instead of uh like the dictaphone is mostly for recording speeches yeah so if he's talking about like a uh televangelist or something like that yeah is this a cry for music maybe he's saying don't fucking speak your words do yeah. something odd with them, like put them to song. Yeah. Again, Springsteen was focused on lyrics. Right. So if we accept this preacher as a good figure, this might be his message. Hit it in its funny bone, that's what they expect at least. Songs like Born in the USA, you can actually see this in later uh, Springsteen work, where he's, you know, he's hitting them where they expect at least. Here's the song that's pro-America on in the fact that it just says that you're born in the USA. But in truth, it's <laughs> very critical of American culture. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't. I do not like getting hit in the funny bone. I'll tell you that. No, good God, it stings, and you you think about it for a while. You don't just hit it, and then it's like, oh, that hits, hurts a bit. It's like, no. Nah. Plus, it's all, like I'm also thinking the imagery, like someone holding a recording device, and you just like grab their arm, because that's where the funny bone is. Like you gotta like grab their arm to like if you're trying to take it from them or something. Oh yeah, smack them in the funny bone. They're gonna drop yeah. it too. Yeah. So. Yeah, very practical interpretation, which yeah. I'm sure Springsteen was aiming for both yes, when he I'm wrote sure. this. Um, and some new so moan chaperone. Sorry, I was moving on. You yeah, ready? no, no, hit it. That's what I was about Standing to do. Standing in Keep the corner going. all alone, watching the young girls dance. I was a little bit back and forth on the on the chaperone, whether it was actually a person who was sh chaperoning or if it was just a young person who was watching. So he was comparing them to a chaperone because he's like a wallflower type. Right. He does have a new haircut, and why would he have that? I suppose he says new moan, but I also kind of took that as like, like being green, you know, like just ah, being yeah. like could be a young adult, someone who is close in age to these people, but also is like older enough than them, and he's like, kind of feels like maybe he could, I don't know, flirt with them, which is maybe a, or something like that. But he's yeah. also like trying to be responsible. Yeah, and the the suggestion of his frozen zone 
seems to uh, something freezing over over rather than having been just you know green or not used to things There's true like it's already been harden. through yeah uh something but when i was thinking green it was like a new a new adult or something not like a young young person yeah which is what you're agreeing with me aren't you yeah i oh yeah i agree with you I, i'm i'm still strong against you on the interpretation of what the light is but uh, so far yeah. otherwise we're pretty much part, on the same page obviously there's a lot of coming of age stuff in this song so this idea of this person coming to sort of a new phase of their life and having to leave behind what mm-hmm. was there previously while these young girls as as young people often do to people who are are older than them but you know not too much older are flirting with him and, and making him remember something you know yeah his frozen zone which i i prefer the like heart interpretation yeah um did i have anything else about this because i wrote some things down um Oh yeah, talks about Moonstone. Um, there's like a, yes. a connection with the idea of like being moony-eyed and like wide-eyed and like watching things in wonder. But I'm trying to remember why I made that connection. Yeah, it's um, yeah, no, that makes sense. In 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 the genius annotations, they say a Moonstone is a crystal which represents healing. Yeah. I'm just looking at I the guess, picture. Of I the guess crystal, the though. I guess the Moonstone was like. Like, this is these kind of anecdotes, so it could be a completely different person. Yeah, in the Manfred Mann one, they say something crazy, like it's MDMA mixed with heroin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I mean, there's also some room for that if you're just, like, yeah. chaperoning a dance, and you're like, that yeah, might as be high as shit. <laughs> yeah. Messing with this frozen zone. trying to, Just, like, trying to feel love or whatever. But it's yeah. still, like, a young person mm-hmm. so yeah he gets he starts getting reminded of these feelings of romance and then he's blinded by the light cut loose like a deuce another runner in the night another thing i will say about it with the car metaphor is often one of the the practical scenarios in which you are blinded by light is when like driving at night right by the light of other vehicles mm-hmm so this concept of all these people being cut loose and they also have their lights on, like they're all just kind of, it's like a, it's almost like a death derby of romance. Everybody's getting blinded and near missing each other or driving into each other and right. facing the consequences. Or they're just driving, not knowing where they're going. Mm-hmm. Like they're they can't loose. see what's ahead of them. So they're driving fast in like a dragster uh, and they have no idea what's in front of them, which I guess which to me seemed more like just the idea of like living your life as a young person be like, I don't know where this is going, mm-hmm. but I know I have to move ahead. Yeah. And I got to move fast. Um, here's the interesting thing. He got down, but she never got tight, but he's going to make it tonight. Yeah. I, I don't have a lot, um, for that, but he's going to make it tonight. Does sound pretty sexual. Yeah, it does. Right. <laughs> I mean, and she never got tight is in rela- is it played in contrast to him getting down. So it seems like he doesn't make it with these young girls, which good, <laughs> but he's going to make it tonight. Maybe. So maybe he goes somewhere else or maybe he just, you know, fucking beats it into his hat or whatever the saying is, pumps his way into his hat, pumps his way into his hat. Yeah. Or maybe just that he'll like 
he'll go on. His heart will go on. Yeah, that was the other. That was my other thought. Just like he will, he will keep living, and he will come back, and he will try again, or and maybe he'll fail, maybe he'll succeed, whatever. Yeah, he got down. Like so, maybe he put some efforts out there, but she never got tight, and he says, "You know what? He's gonna be all right. He's gonna make it." Mm -hmm. That brings us to the silicone sister with her manager's mister. Told me I got what it takes. She said I'll turn you on, Sunny, to something strong if you play that song with the funky break. Go kart Mozart was checking out the weather chart to see if it was safe to go outside, and little early pearly came by in her curly whirly. Came in by her. Is that? I'm looking at the lyrics here. Do they have it the right way? Which is right? Came by in her. I always heard came by in her. Yeah. I I even read it that way. I'm just, I'm only seeing that now that you've mentioned it. Yeah, I just saw it now and it's thrown me off. I'm going to go, came by in her. Little early pearly came by in her. I think both could make sense, but we'll we'll get to that line. Yeah, as much as it makes sense anyway. And asked me if I needed a ride. Um, So now I think we're getting more closely... I mean, obviously, he's talking about himself for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, I, I, I. Um, so this is, like, less anecdotal. Or not less anecdotal, but less, like, um... hang on. I'm going to remember this word. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, like, vignettes. It's not, yeah. it's not like a collection of vignettes, I don't think, anymore. If this is more like a story, even though a lot of it is built out of vignettes. <laughs> Um, so Silicone Sister with her manager's mister told me I got what it takes. She said, I'll turn you on Sunday into something strong to play the song with the funky break. So one, the notes seem to think it's a stripper. I don't necessarily think it's a stripper. I think he's performing at a bar or something. And this is just someone who he's talking to and maybe flirting with. And she seems to have breast implants or something, but also it could just be like calling her plastic yeah, kind of thing. there's actually a Bruce Springsteen quote where he says it's like one of the first popular songs to talk about breast implants or something. So it is oh, referring okay. to, to breast, breast implants, implants specifically, which makes sense because usually you say silicone. That's what you mean. Um, and then uh, the uh, what I got out of it, what is it's like it's this woman who claims to like have connections to some sort of manager. And she's like, you know, I could, you know, make you some connections. But then he says, talks, talks about playing the song with the funky break and based on his sort of lyricism seems like he is saying she doesn't really understand the music but she's perhaps yeah, but she, offering yeah, these she connections likes the way it sounds so here's yeah. my here was what i got from it i don't know if so is some silicone sister with her manager's mister what, the, who, what does that fucking mean sometimes the way i've heard it and even the way i read it first time like isn't exactly the right words you know, like right. a man. I don't know what a manager's mister is, but if it said manager mister, it would sound like she either is like a trophy wife type or a prostitute. Yeah. To some sort of manager, like of talent. Yeah. And if she has breast implants, uh, just going by 1973 standards, she's probably some kind of sex worker. That would be, I mean,. If that's the focus, like, if he thought it was important enough to mention, I would think. Yeah. And her manager's mister could be, like, a John, right? That could be a, a kind way of saying, because obviously the dude would have talked to the... So, like, the, she's just maybe hanging off some random guy? Yeah. She's working with him. He's come to this club. And just says, Sonny, play that song with a funky break. And then she probably has either, like, strong booze or drugs on her. 
is my interpretation. Somebody said that she was offering to fuck him or bribe some kind of sexual act, something strong. But I think if I was in the 70s, if it was 73 and somebody offered me something strong, I would assume it was like an illicit substance or like moonshine. Yeah, I guess so. I always thought of it as she was like, because I heard manager and then if they turn you on Sunday to something strong, I always thought it was, she was like, I know people like uh, right. I got connections, so like but like it's empty with a record label. She's just, she like, she probably doesn't. He's like doubting that kind of. Yeah. And I think it could, cause particularly her role seems to be um, ignorant of the sort of lyrical value of his music. Mm-hmm. I don't think she would also then have the, I don't think Springsteen was at the point where he would be criticizing record labels. True. But he might be criticizing people who claim to, be like, who are like name dropping but can't actually True. like don't actually have any power or can't really do anything but i feel like it would instead of something strong it might have been someone strong or like i don't like know it would have been, i think it would have been phrased differently if it was uh referring to a record exec or something but if she's offering i mean they both sound just as likely to me <laughs> fair enough Alex. quite frankly you also think that the light is ambition so or or just life. I don't think so, Alex. Yeah, that sounds pretty uh, general to me. Um, uh, yeah, but I think the thing we can both agree on is that is that it seems to be framing her as someone who doesn't fully understand sort of what he's trying to say in his music. She's she's play Freebird personified. Yeah. Um, go kart Mozart. Now I've I read something that said this actually refers to um, a a bar owner who had both an indoor and an outdoor stage. So, like, when Springsteen showed up, he'd be like, ah, fuck, what stage do I want to put you on? I'm going to check the weather chart. See if it's safe for you to perform outside. Somebody else has suggested that it might be, this might be another musician playing at the joint, go-kart Mozart being, like, a a traveling musician. That's what it sounds like to me, and the sort of, like, not a famous one, because it's like a go-kart. Yeah. It's not a real car. him checking the weather chart is not so much the actual weather, but the audience. Yeah. Yeah, I read that too. And that one that one makes sense, I think. Because I feel like if you call him a Mozart, it makes sense that he's a musician. Or else why would you refer to him as Mozart? Yeah, why is he that? I mean, apparently Mozart in a go-kart is a term for like a great driver. But then why is this guy checking the weather charts? Like, he sounds too cowardly for somebody who's a fucking... Or is it just an old guy? Because we're we're using, like, traveling on the road as a metaphor for, like, growing up. So he's like, he Mm -hmm. can drive. He knows what he's doing. He's a savant. Yeah. He's made or something. But then I don't see how that fits in with the rest of it. Yeah. It's uh, so that's a strange one. Little early pearly came by in her curly whirly. Some people think this is a helicopter. Oh, that one was yeah. I he goes to like great lengths to be like uh well early pearly, uh probably refers to teeth and a curly whirly must be a helicopter. So this person is offering him a helicopter ride. Like where does that where does that come from? I don't. I guess talking New about Jersey, the weather, you have to talk about the weather. Dive bar. I think it's possible. This person didn't realize this was so early in Bruce Springsteen's career because he's been very successful since then. So they were like, right. oh, he's a successful rock star. Of course, there are private jets and helicopter rides, right? But that's not yeah. where he's at in 
at this time in his life and not in this song particularly. So I feel like that is a stretch. That's um, a huge stretch. What I honestly... So one thing I do know about Bruce Springsteen is he seems to like to use nicknames. Obviously, um, sometimes he goes by the boss, even though he apparently doesn't like it. He calls Clarence Clements big man all the time. It's, That's right. Uh, the professor is like his... Uh, keyboard player uh, he once referred to himself as bad scooter like all kinds of nicknames little yeah. stevie van zandt and i feel like early pearly is just a nickname for someone possibly who has a big smile and i do think it makes sense that curly whirly is just ha- curly hair so often i think like it sounds like he's talking about like an older lady who is just offering him a ride home like maybe somebody yeah. knows because it's like small town New Jersey with with sexual undertones. I would imagine possibly maybe. I mean the rest of the, of the song. song has it. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, her curly whirly. I always yeah. So maybe it's like not her... a ride home. Maybe it's maybe she's just like, hey, I'm a. This is a cougar situation. Yeah, is <laughs> curly whirly supposed to be like hot? Like, oh my god, she's so curly and whirly. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope. I not. hope not. <laughs> I always pictured, like, a piece of shit car. Like, always when I've heard that line, I'm like, oh, early pearly came by and their fucking, like, hand-cranked jalopy. Yeah. And I was like, do you need a ride? <laughs> I don't know. And, like, referring to someone as little, it, like, is, like, young children and old ladies, I think. Or old people. So it right. could be, like, could be that she's, like, very old. And she is literally just offering a ride, but he refuses it. Or maybe just a person that has yeah. big teeth. And possibly curly hair, and is like, hey, hey. Because this could be painting the the portrait of early shows that he did, right? There's yeah. the professional musician checking the weather charts and being like, eh, okay, I'm going to read either reading the room or reading if he can get to his next destination. And then you've got the, you know, the, the stripper or the prostitute being like, oh, you're so good. Do you want to do drugs with me or what, what have you? Right. And then some grandma comes by after the show and is like, oh, young Bruce, come on if you want to oh, ride home. I can take you. Yeah, like all these things, it, it sounds, yeah, like that, like this is more of a like personal vignette sequence. Yeah, and this one doesn't lead into being blinded by the light. So if it's non-sexual, it only proves even more so that I'm right. That is true. I'm going to keep fighting you the whole way down, Alex. We get to verse five, one that is not present in the Manfred Mann version, so I wasn't quite familiar, but this one also seems to be autobiographical, except I don't think Bruce Springsteen went to Harvard. No, I don't fully understand the hazard from Harvard, um, other than maybe he's saying it sarcastically because he's talking about like a guy who's just... Uh, drunk as shit. Drunk as shit. Either in the... At first, I thought he's, like, walking home after the show or something here, which might make sense, but I don't think he has to, because he asks for directions, so it seems like he's lost, like, later on. Yeah, well, I, my question to you, Alex, is uh, what is a backyard bombardier? A backyard bom- bombardier. Bombardier. he kind of says it. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I have a few ideas. One, he could be throwing beer cans at people. Um, yeah. He could be a veteran. He could have a gun on him. Those are kind of my three ideas. Okay. See, I thought he was either puking in backyards. Oh, that's true. He could just be throwing up. Dumping in backyards. 
or just literally like hopping people's fences and sort of, you know, since he's drunk, stumbling into them, dropping like a bomb. Yeah, I guess but, the bombardier, bomb, bombardier um, <laughs> implies he's dropping something or, yeah. or throwing something. And then, know. so, whatever he's doing, uh, Springsteen becomes fairly sarcastic in what the police response is here. Right. He says, yes, in Scotland Yard was trying hard. They sent some dude with a calling card. He said, do what you like. Don't do it here. Yeah, it's like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Um, and honestly, and, Scotland Yard is not in yeah, fucking New Jersey. Scotland Yard nuts not sending anyone to New Jersey. Um, that is... Across the pond, as they say. Um, so I I do think kind of for the for both of those, he's being a bit sarcastic when he's talking about Harvard and when mm. he's talking about the police officer. So he's like, it's like kind of a dumb guy who's drunk getting picked up by just some small town cop. Right. So it's like but he's referring to them as like genius. guy from prestigious school and like guy from well-known um like investigative whatever oh yeah it's it's a it's a great battle of the minds almost yeah exactly and then yeah the 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 amount of effort put in because maybe he is the drunk because after the don't do it here line he says well i jumped up turned around spit in the air fell on the ground which maybe the spitting is the the bombarding yeah maybe he's just spitting and then I asked him which was the way back home. He said, take a ride at the light, keep going straight until night, and then, boy, you're on your own. Yeah, and the uh, the annotation here um, seems to think it's a reference to Peter Pan, which I don't think is, like, that far out, considering yeah. it's a coming-of-age story. And, like, in Peter Pan, they go to the island and they never grow up. Or whatever, yeah. right? That's That's the Neverland thing. But it's like, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, it, it seems to be like a fancy way for him to tell him to piss off. Yeah. So take it right up there and you fuck right off. He's like, okay, cool. See you later. Yeah, so this, this first five seems to be just like the, the lack of effort in, <laughs> in small town New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess it it could be he could be the hazard from Harvard. Just it could spitting. be. I'm not a hundred percent on it. It's not entirely he's, impossible. He's at the very least with him when because maybe they're partying because he's skunked on beer. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's probably just a backyard party, particularly if he's playing an out outside show. Then then they call the police to be like, "Hey, simmer down, pilgrims." So this dipshit from Harvard fucks up the vibes. And then, and then he's like, where the fuck am I? Springsteen's like, hang on a minute. I don't know where the fuck I am. And the cop says, yeah, fuck you. And then in verse six, I take you to Zanzibar, where a shooting star was riding in a sidecar, humming a lunar tune. Yes, and the avatar said, blow the bar, but first remove the cookie jar. We're going to teach those boys to laugh too soon. And some kidnapped handicap was complaining that he caught the clap from some mousetrap he bought last night. While I unsnapped his skull cap, and between his ears I saw a gap, but figured he'd be all right. Figured he'd be all right. This seems to be, seems to be at a, a bar again. Because he does refer to bars. <laughs> He does say that. Um, well, first of all, he talks about Zanzibar. 
Yeah. He just kind of says Zanzibar. And in Zanzibar, a shooting star, which maybe it's just a bar. Like, Zanzibar is just kind of a far off place. Maybe. Club so Zanzibar maybe was like a somewhere. dance club that opened in 1979. Oh. Nope, useless. <laughs> 79? No. Um, in New Jersey, though. So. Oh, yeah. Could be. Um, what's the word? You know how words are hard sometimes? Prophetic? Mm, no, I guess. Never mind. All right. Never mind. Like, no way, words um, are easy. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, words are actually easy. Um, riding in a sidecar, humming a lunar tune. What do I have for this? Somebody suggested it was a reference to moon dance. Yeah, which, like, maybe. Like, I feel like it could be any song that maybe refers to the moon. Like, it could be, like, so many songs that talk about the moon. Like, yeah, I think they're maybe the on the right track, but there's I don't see why it should be moon dance specifically. Yeah, and maybe that is because we just had, uh, you know, small town fuckery. And then he's like, yeah. meanwhile, again, speaking to his ambition, some dude is out there all the way in fucking Zanzibar, which, you know, is far off. This incredible person who's just humming this this out-of-this-world tune. It's a lunar tune. Because where it's does like, the Avatar it's just everything, It's just everything. That's, yeah, now the Avatar. Um, Avatar is like a... I mean, usually, like, an aspect of a deity, right? Yeah. It's how they, like, you know, present themselves. I guess, because I was talking about, thinking about the, like, getting away from your town. So, um, so then the shooting star would be, like, a, a traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly one that gave him a ride somewhere. Um, in the sidecar of his motorcycle or something. Um... And then he's just talking to this guy, this avatar of sort of what he's chasing, which is leaving the town because this is a traveler. Um, and the highest goal is to be on the road or whatever, which there's a lot of Kerouac, I think, in this. Right. Um, this song. Yeah, both the both like uh, sort of positively displayed characters are the the bizarre preacher and this the shooting star, but two traveling figures. Mm-hmm. So like when he's talking about Avatar, like that's his that being like the goal. He's an avatar of like what he wants, kind of thing. Right, and he said, "Blow the bar, get away from the fucking bar scene." Yeah, but first. Remove the cookie jar, which I think is just an obvious symbol of, you know, innocence. We're gonna yeah, teach those boys innocence, to but also like soon. a reward. Sort maybe. of. Maybe that's kind of what I was thinking. And and yeah. the loss of that that is maybe I think like the laugh, um, is a, a sort of maybe a reference to more like dark humor or mature themes. Like we're going to bring the, the real world to these boys too soon. Yeah. Okay. That's my best shot at it. I don't know, though, Alex. Maybe it's just about life. Maybe it's just about life, man. <laughs> Maybe everything is just about life. Maybe. Kidnapped handicap. Complaining that he caught the clap from some mousetrap he bought last night. I looked up mousetrap to see if it was, like, referred to, I don't know, like a prostitute or something. But mm -hmm. I couldn't find anything. But that's what it sounds like to me. That's what it sounds like, because he caught the clap. I think it's just a fun play on uh, what a, an actual, a literal mousetrap does. Claps down on you. Makes a clap sound. Yeah. And, like, yeah. 
when you talk about like buying something that would give you the clap well i mean yeah sounds like he's probably talking about time with a prostitute if it was in the morning maybe it was a real mousetrap but last night like (laughs) found a mousetrap put his dick in it for some reason it was painful (laughs) right oh fuck Bruce Springsteen's like, wait a second, is this guy a fucking moron? So he just <laughs> takes his hat off and looks between his ears. Unsnap like, oh, a yeah. skullcap and there's no brain. It's completely empty. I'd, and a skullcap being his literal skull, right? And not a skullcap. Yeah, well, I mean, this this whole, uh, or I mean, the beginning of the verse kind of has some, like, motorcycle. It talks about a sidecar, right? So he's talking right, about a skullcap yeah. now. It kind of keeps with that imagery of, like, something you'd wear while riding a motorcycle like a leather skull cap but also yeah looking inside his mind and seeing it is empty yeah and then he but he figured he'd be all right because this is a classic symptom and this is the only one referred to in the past tense because he had had sex alex he was just blinded by the light okay yeah see i don't disagree with you I want I, I all these things you're saying make perfect sense, and I think you're right. But I think there's like the next layer of like also talking about like life, man. Well, I, yeah, I think he's talking about small town American life, but such a large part about that is sex, and the light is sex and romance, romance, and driving into it. And the, yeah, because then the light, the ultimate light, is the sun. Mom always told me not to look into the sights of the sun, but Mama, that's where the fun is. But that's where the fun is, and fun is another thing that Bruce Springsteen talks about a lot: the pursuit of fun in his young the life. Pursuit of fun. And that is that probably took us like a fucking hour. Yeah, we're at the hour mark. We are. It took us about fifty-five <laughs> minutes, and then well, then the outro where he says, "I was blinded." Yeah. Oh, you're right. He was blinded at the end. By the light. From looking into the light. And I'll give you that. If that was the only count of blinded by the light, that could be ambition. <laughs> but like you also said, he he pursued music in pursuit of, what did you say, like better pussy or something? What was the More and better sex. <laughs> More and better sex. Mm-hmm. I was blinded by the light. And that... That is that is that song. There's a lot um, of lyrics. A lot of lyrics. We're gonna talk about the instrumentation pretty quick here. It's fairly simple. Yeah, much much more so. Yeah, uh, break it down for me, Alex. Breaking it down. All right, so we come in with this pretty cool guitar lick on like yeah. an acoustic kind of guitar. Uh, then everything else comes in. They kind of have this intro section. Um, you get some drums and bass, you get a little bit of saxophone, and then cuts back down to just the guitar, and then that's when he starts to sing. And then you get like mm-hmm. drums on the hi-hat throughout the uh, first verse. The first verse stays low, and then everything comes in after that. And then there's also, actually, um, I think in the first verse, you start to get a little bit of organ. It's like very quiet in the background. Yeah, you do. Uh, the boulder on my shoulder, it starts to come in with yeah, a drone. Yeah, and it's like it's just yeah, total, just a drone, just like holding a single note. And I believe Bruce Springsteen actually played uh, the keyboards in the recording. 
but they're not that complicated in this. According to, oh yeah, it does have them listed on keyboards, but it has Harold Wheeler listed as piano. Okay. He might have just. But like, it has Bruce Springsteen I, listed as I keyboards. I could easily see him just holding one note on an organ. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he could do that. Yeah, like I don't know. He plays piano sometimes. I don't know if he did back then, but definitely he can hold one note on an organ. That's a pretty simple skill. Certainly. Um. Yeah, and then and then, like I said, second verse kind of actually i wanted to mention something because a lot Mm -hmm. of the times that drone uh for me gives it this feeling of like something like getting ready to break out it's just like bubbling below the surface right and and i think that's kind of what the first verse is about is this like frustration as he's trying to like find an outlet for everything you know? Yeah, childish games will no longer do. Yeah. And then he applies that to the greater scale of small towns will no longer do. Yeah, so then when the music kind of breaks out, he uh, he's starting to, like, see this stuff around him and, like, figure out where what he needs to do and where he needs to go to achieve his goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Alex, I agree. Um. So, yeah, <sighs> we get more, like, saxophone and a bigger build um the organ drone the bass is doing a little groove backup vocals on the chorus yeah and and the music doesn't change a ton through the rest of it like you got your verse and you got your chorus um well until the fourth verse um i think they they add more piano once you get to verse three Uh, but it's all just kind of like all the music kind of like melds together here for me like it's very it, it all fits together very well. Mm-hmm. And it's very, like... I, I mean, it's proto-Bruce Springsteen. It's yeah. Like, it, it's very indicative of what he'll make later. Mm-hmm. And just there'll be more tricks, I think, later on, whereas now it's pretty steady. Get a backing track of instruments, have a few different sections, and have Bruce Springsteen singing on top. Yeah, and, I mean, the saxophone is great. <laughs> Oh yeah, Clarence Clemens, baby, it. it's fucking incredible. <laughs> um, uh, verse four is like a breakdown. Yeah, everything comes down, and you kind of get like these repeat snare hits. Hang on, mm-hmm. I lost it. God damn it, Alex. Um, and then you get this like saxophone crescendo. It plays like boom, 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 na 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 na. And then, like, yeah. it kind of scoops down. The bass actually ascends at that part. Um, so, there's, yeah, like, yeah. it's a breakdown, but there's still a lot of instruments playing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's just, like, a different, more subtle arrangement. Less of this, like, driving energy. Yeah, for the kind of... I don't know. Does that fit with the story in the song? Probably. Um, yeah. It almost comes back to that, like, bubbling in the in the first verse. But it applies it to this... His the the verse four is essentially his performance. Right now he's yeah now the performance is starting so he's kind of like he's starting with this bar performance and then perhaps I mean the avatar does say blow the bar. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the infancy of him getting this rock and roll thing happening. Yeah, and it's sort of uh, I'm I'm starting to see now how your your ambition overtones play in this piece yeah i think where it seems to be a common theme yeah and it, it's it part plays of the story in that, in that first verse where he talks about sort of his 
his knocking down the innocence of the merry-go-round growing up moving from childhood to adolescence and then that happening sort of again through through performance where he's getting these struggles with with just bar performances and just living small town life and then this this call to to blow the bar and you know remove the cookie jar yeah move into something larger and it seems like kind of um comparing and that with this sort of young person like new sexuality of like desiring to like comparing this idea of like being an ultra horny teenager with being an ambitious young person mm-hmm. and, and like sort of needing to well. needing an outlet for that and needing to figure out how to sort of satiate that desire yeah because ultimately that uh, he he knows because his mother told him you know not to get blinded by that light which is is, is sex but he, he also acknowledges that that's where the fun is so he's trying to you know get enough speed to to get out of this small town while not getting dragged into to romance yeah he has to sex. take the risks to get the reward yeah wow. it's, it really is this sort of like blind death derby that you have to, you have to participate in to get somewhere <clears throat> but it's like the odds of getting blinded are so huge mm-hmm. see i knew there was a way they could both be true we were there we got there that was good that felt good to get there yeah i was like there must be a way there must be a way for us to enrich each other's viewpoints <laughs> how can we meet in the middle all right. Um, the me- the way yes. to mean the middle is by ending a verse with. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. So this song ends on a fade out. Um, the the I was blinded intro, which feels like a very um, because the song has that sort of bar band feel to it automatically. That's a, like a lot of Bruce Springsteen, particularly his early stuff, right. feels like that, like professional bar band music. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's just like a kind of group. Everybody's saying, "I was blinded." Uh, well, you can like you can see the the bar right. Everyone singing together. That. Everyone, yeah. Raise your hand. Everyone sings along. It's easy. It's the same line over and over again. But also, and uh, now I'm viewing this in the context of the album, which we often don't um, give people the benefit of the doubt for this, um, which is probably not fair, but. We're learning. Um, yeah. So, as a fade out, it maybe makes sense here because it is the beginning of the story, kind of. It's the first, it's literally the first Bruce Springsteen song and the first Bruce Springsteen album, you know? Like, it's also the yeah. single uh, they released. So, I don't remember if they released it first or what, but, um, like... I think, the, I, I think so. I don't know. It's kind of... You know, when you, like, start the story and you're like, now we're starting the story, and then the music fades away. Like, it's the beginning of the musical, kind of, you know? Yeah, it's the big number that you open up the musical with, and then from there it goes into growing up, which starts out very quiet and soft. Yeah, and also talks about, like, kind of starting as younger and similar themes. So, mm-hmm. it it fits. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, with that, I mean, we've talked about the instrumentation. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we, we got to make some tracks here. Let's talk about Man from Man's Earth Band cover, which is going to take the next hour to discuss. Uh, 1976. 1976, a couple years later. So Manfred Mann's Earth Band has come up a couple times. Uh, we just yeah, talked just about them. Like two episodes what, ago, I want to say. The Summer in the City, right? Yeah. yeah. A wild version. Yeah. So this is the definitive version of the song. This is the one that everybody knows. This is the one they still play on the radio. I mean, I think I first heard the Bruce Springsteen version on the radio, but it was this one that I heard first for years before I was like, holy shit, this is a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, and I didn't believe people when they told me that. I was like, "No, dude, it's Manfred." No, no. I mean, and and I mean, they really did make it their own in terms of like like memorable a memorable song. Um, yeah, it seems to me that Manfred Man does not take it easy when it comes to covers. <laughs> no, this they, is two yeah, minutes they to... longer than the original. But his cover of "Summer in the City" was like three times the length. And yeah, there's so much going on in both of these covers. Yeah, and there's some interesting things. It like almost feels, on the one hand, like they're like, "Hey, we have an idea for a song. What lyrics should we use?" And they're like, "Well, there's this other song. Let's put them in." But at the same time, like they kind of fit. Um, so this one opens with like this very distinctive like eighth note um like organ line yeah this organ like rhythm piece this yeah it's like very like changes kind of the chords smoothly within that and in like a way that's like very memorable and like i'll always I don't know. It'll always be somewhere in my in my head. Well, yeah, and, th- and even like the tone of it is such like classic seventies, like late seventies rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it sort of sets the groundwork for shit like Prism Spaceship Superstar. It's it's oh, approaching eighties yeah. where we go hard synth in the synth. But yeah, this I think this is more organy. But yeah, you never know. But it's starting to get some of those some of that processing on it. Yeah, um, and then these like cymbal drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it doesn't take too long for the for the lyrics to come in and they start they actually start on the chorus that's right um another thing they have everything is kind of like doubled particularly the the vocals, the vocals. you really notice the overdubs yeah. on those vocals because it kind of like you can really hear them in like both ears yeah and it gives this real on. like uh, it gives it a very distinct feeling. It's not the sort of organic rock that is the original Bruce Springsteen version. Yeah, it's, it's very different in that way. It's like very fanciful almost. It's a very like like looking at something through the lens of nostalgia almost. It feels it's somewhere between like nostalgia and a dream because when he sings these lines in this double tracked fashion with that sort of sing songy rhythm, real emphasis on the on the weird words in it. Like yes it, it becomes something else yeah absolutely like the they there's definitely like the way they sing it the way they like put the emphasis on the words gives it this like very rhythmic feeling to the mm-hmm. uh to the lyrics and there's certain lines like um they when they do the um the third verse i think yeah when he says a new moan chaperone was standing in the corner and then they cut out the all alone just like to 
keep with their kind of rhythm. Yeah, there there is a lot of just weird like chopping of even single words out of because I think it's verse four. Um, she he just drops like a two or a the. He's just playing the song with the funky break. Yeah, and like it just kind of fits in with the way they do it, and it's not a huge change, and it's not changing the context or anything. It's just like with the way they've done the lyrics and the way they've spaced everything out. Yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah, it just makes it like a different kind of poetry. Yeah, and the feeling is pretty different. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, uh, when the drums come in more, the drums in the original kind of have like a unique drum pattern going on like not something i would recognize from anything else not that they haven't been used again because i'm sure they have Uh, but it's not like a standard rock beat and these have also kind of a a unique pattern um but i don't think it's the same one but it's also a very different sound overall so yeah well there is such a focus on like the keys in this one i think oh yeah you get like the that main organ rhythm there's these uh man for man is a keyboardist yeah there's chord changes done on a different synthesizer the the guitar like really comes in on breaks between uh chorus and verse and then of course on the large bridge segment if like it'll uh after the chorus or after the verse Mm -hmm. it'll play the like um triplet also very distinctive there's like a lot of distinctive pieces to this and then yeah and a then lot another... of great sound bites yeah absolutely uh, and then like the guitar like like what's the word for it uh do you know what i'm talking about oh uh, where it does that like slide up yeah where it slides in <laughs> and then like they repeat the, that last line yeah they'll repeat whatever the last line was which is a great move. It brings so much energy when they come into the to the chorus. The calliope crashed to the ground. You're like, I don't know what a calliope is. I'm <laughs> yeah. 12. I had to look up calliope. Shit. And all I saw was some picture of a lady with one tit out. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is this? Did you, uh, that, did you look up, did you go to the Greek mythology calliope Wikipedia page? No, I did not. Uh, a calliope is like the mother of the muses. Or is it? Yeah, muse? she's the Greek muse of yeah. epic poetry. It's in the Manfred Mann's Earth Band uh, genius annotations. Oh, so like, there's a lot of like, I don't know if it's Renaissance or Baroque art because I don't know the difference, but like, there's so much of that artwork where there's like ladies and they're like one tit out, <laughs> one tit covered. <laughs> like I don't know why, but that was apparently a trend. That's yeah, that's how you do it. And there's yeah, uh, that there's one of those on this Wikipedia page. Yeah, while we're talking about. Uh, just the lyrics again. Oh, no. While um, we're talking about having one tit out. Uh... <laughs> I've got one out right now. No, but um, there's some just minor lyrical changes. We have to talk about revved up like a deuce. <clears throat> revved up. Which is di- different from cut loose. The, the meaning really not that different, but I believe it's the, the singer on this who is Chris Hamlet Thompson mm-hmm. um, has a lisp. And oh, I, that's what I've heard. I don't actually know if that's true, but this line is frequently misheard as wrapped up like a douche. Yes, it was definitely it took me a long time to figure out what they say. I remember seeing uh, like a sketch on Just for Laughs that was about mishearing the words of this song. 
yeah, it's mentioned somewhere. Some uh, I can't remember who the the group is that done it, but that that done it. I don't know why I'm from the country now, but <laughs> what done yeah, it? There is, um, there is yeah, there is a sketch about that. And this is I also remember like some family friends of ours um, talking about like being on in the schoolyard and like discussing what the lyrics were because they only heard it on the radio kind of thing right so it's kind of an infamously misheard line which Mm -hmm. is that an egg corn i think there's a version of that word for lyrics specifically right Um, but yeah misheard lines yeah, and like particularly like at least in their generation, they might know like like deuce might have still been common terminology, but in our age, that just yeah, meant maybe. a poop. Yeah, it took me a real <laughs> long time to figure out what that word was. Yeah, not that I was like searching every day, but and I didn't <laughs> know what a deuce was either. Because I was the only thing I knew a deuce was. Well, I guess I didn't really associate with poop. I associated with like a, a, a playing card, like a number two. Mm, is that yeah. supposed to be like, hey, this card is shit? It's a deuce, but also it sounds... A, but it sounds like two, yeah, right? It sounds, it's like two, French like, like dose. or something. Yeah, like do. It's, it's, it's Latin. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. Um, another like minor change is they say, Mama always told me not to look into the eyes of the sun instead of the sight of the sun. Which, eh, again, like it's... Yeah, it kind of sounds cool that purpose. way. Like, yeah. The eyes of the sun. Like the sun staring back at you. Yeah, there's something quite, uh, and again, I think it uh, appeals to that late 70s rock feel, where it's like more mystical, almost like a kind of hippie essence, like looking into the eyes of the sun. Yeah, and also kind of, um, like, with the, like, car reading of it, if Mm -hmm. it's a car, then there's two headlights. Yeah, and those those are the eyes. Those those are the eyes. Yeah. Those are the eyes of the car. We've all seen cars. We know. We know what the eyes of the car are. Um... But that just doesn't sound as good as Eyes of yeah. the Sun. Yeah, but also, so when they do the chorus, they skip out on the end part. Mm-hmm. They only say, blinded by the light, revved up like a deuce. Another runner yeah. night, over and over again. Runner night, yeah. Until later on, when they, like, slow it down. She yeah. got bound, but she never got tight. And it's so crazy, because I was listening to this today, and I was like, they could actually have ended this at, like, the 250 mark, is I think when they do that. And it would still yeah. be, like, a pretty good cover. Yeah, pretty solid. And then they solo for a while. Let's see. How long do they solo for? Um, this the There's a guitar solo from 250 to 428. Yeah. And it's a it's a great guitar solo. Yeah. It's actually very good. Again, like I mentioned, like, all parts of this song are burned into my mind. I've listened to it so much. So, like, the guitar yeah. solo, like, I know, like, every moment of it. Mm-hmm. Like, none of it's a surprise anymore. So, it it's good. It's good old 70s guitar solo. I dig it. Yeah, and you, you've got the organ still, like, doing some ambiance in the back that's really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just flavoring it a little. Yeah, and they throw in the, like, Mama, that's where the fun is line without the rest of the line for context. Right, yeah, and then we get to the, like, a vocal break. It actually just becomes vocals and, uh, I believe, the keys. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just brings all of the focus to this line that's just been kind of murmured. Mama always told me not to look into the eyes of the sun. It's yeah. uh, it's always interesting to see where some covers will focus lyrically when they do these compositional changes, and I think that's a, a good line to key in on. And repeat. yeah, it's a very like epic moment in the song. Mm-hmm. Because it and, and it's f- like it's like this defiant thing, right? Because. 
a lot of the context of like the coming of age story is not there. Plus it's hard to understand the lyrics. Oh um, yeah. But all you really need to know is like, mama told me to do this thing, but I want to have fun. And you're like, rock and roll. Yeah. And the sheer drama of it oh, too. Peak if you want to talk about coming of age. But mama, there's a bit of darkness to it. That's where the fun is. Yeah, it's you're like, like yeah. drawn out a little bit. And you're like, that is where the fun is. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, a like a church organ behind it. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they make it huge. It's, huge. Yeah, it's massive. I don't I don't know if Manfred Mann does small covers because, like, everyone we've heard is just, like, Manfred huge. Manfred Mann just doesn't do small. That's not yeah. really a thing. And then we get chopsticks. Yes, and then they start to play chopsticks on the piano, which is kind of a... I mean, talking about the like coming-of-age stuff, uh, chopsticks is like one of the first things you would learn when you're learning to play the piano. Even yeah. Even if you're not. It's kind of known for being simple. Mm-hmm. And like teaching. And like, I don't know. So recognizable that, you know, you, yes, you it's feel a little bit of pride in playing it. So that's kind of the... Like, I guess that's the connection there. Yeah, so I have a quote from Manfred Mann on that. He says, When we finally finished the album track, I thought it had a great vibe, but the next question was how to get that into a single. The real problem was how to get from the chorus to the verse smoothly. The way we did it on the album wouldn't work. I just couldn't figure out a way to do it. And then, and this is why you need to be in a band, our drummer Chris Slade said, Play chopsticks over it. We already had that elsewhere in the song, and I told him it wouldn't work, but he kept insisting, and I kept saying no, until I suddenly realized that he wasn't hearing chopsticks itself, just the chords, which fitted perfectly. So we recorded those as backing vocals and added that to the original. Uh, is it that part? Is that his part? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool too, how they like sing along with the like chord progression of chopsticks. Mm hmm. Um, also, they haven't. They don't sing all the verses. Um, they've only they did verse one, then verse four, then verse three up to this point, in the first half yeah. of the song. And then, um, they do the third verse. Uh, no, do they do the third? No, they've only done. They do the two second of them. Verse. Sorry, then they do the third. Yeah, then they do the third, and then in the and uh, then the, they do this the... other section, um, mm-hmm. where the main singer up to now just repeats the chorus lines. Blind, blinded by the light, revved up like a decent yeah. run of the night, over and over and over again. And then another singer goes through three verses, like, verse. well, yeah. two and a half verses, like, real quick. So there's the first verse, then the second verse, and then the, like, first half of the fourth verse. Yeah, so, like, two of those are reprises, and then they sneak in the Scott with the slingshot verse. Yeah. And it's... I, th- I mean, this part sounds really cool, too. Like, you got sort of these two melodies going on and they're both singing their own thing and the the chorus or the verses really specifically are like really kind of like flowing here because they're so all squished together Mm-hmm. and he's like almost just like speaking them like he's singing but it's not like some of the other stuff yeah it's so like it's just so, it's great to listen to you got the, the chorus going so already, like, as a, a basic listener, you're hooked in. And then they got this guy peppering in this other stuff. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, it's so rich. It's just, like, so rich. And then, yeah, they actually, the outro is essentially what they do at the the the, the exit into the solo at 250. But just at the end of the song instead. Yeah, and then you get some, like, more synthy effects in, in there, too. Maybe it's guitar distortion. I'm not sure. Right. Um, 
I also want to say when they like end that part, when he says the line, uh, if you or he says, I'll turn you on, Sonny, to something strong, and like that's the end of it, and then they kind of like fade out. I don't know. I always remember that line. Oh yeah, it's it's well punctuated. Something strong. Strong, and then yeah, you punctuate with the notes, then you like you know you're coming to the end, right? You're like, oh, yeah, we just lost because this thing was going, it was overheating. We had chorus and verse happening at the same time. Yeah. And this this uh, like all female backup choir coming in too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff. There's also strings in this track. I don't know if we've talked about them at all. Uh, There's occasionally strings. They are there. Um. Yeah, and then he does the slow bit where he says, she's going to make it through the night. And, like, that's it. That's the end. That's it. Yeah, it's... I Some people uh, piss and moan one way or the other. You know, all oh, the Bruce Springsteen version is better. Manfred Mann's better. Um, I don't know. I think they're both fucking awesome. Yeah, I know. I've had some conversations with my brother. He doesn't like the Bruce Springsteen version. And I'm trying to, like like describe its merits but not like shit on on the man for man version because i think they're both great mm-hmm. um both like really good interpretations like a really good song and then a really good version of the song like does so much to change it but still make it feel like interesting yeah and while like i feel like the bruce springsteen version allows me to understand the lyrics more this one feels like such a like a weird picture show. It's like a it's like an art house film almost. I'm like I'm not sure if I understand all this imagery, but it is evoking things in me. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, I I agree with that. Yeah, it, it it's less important in this version. There's more like musically going on to latch onto as well, and mm-hmm. like structurally, because really, the original doesn't have much. Like, there's not a ton of musical changes or like a big guitar solo or anything. Like there's a cool saxophone, I like it, but yeah, there's not like big structural or musical changes, which is kind mm-hmm. of part of the point, I think. But there's no reason that this one can't also exist in, in how it does. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by a comment on the Manford Band Earth Band okay. Genius lyrics. This guy says he always thought the song was about drug running. Because another runner in the night, go-kart Mozart being a driver, checking the weather chart to see if it was safe outside, was checking to see if the coast was clear. Hmm. Um, boulder on my shoulder sounds like drugs. No, it doesn't. Scott with a slingshot it's would like be monkey, a gunman. like monkey on your back. Boulder on my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stretch. Um, and then the daddy's with an earshot thing. He's like, oh, that's uh, they're turning up the music to avoid cops. That's just, that makes no sense at all. <laughs> makes no fucking sense interesting um, i yeah. don't think that's what it's about but we also have uh context on like who bruce springsteen was and what a lot of his art tries to convey so i feel well, like that gives us a bit of an advantage a fan. well yeah this guy only wrote this thing five years yeah. ago but it's if, not like... <laughs> if that's i uh, yeah but i mean like if he <laughs> didn't like know because right if he's just coming at it from just yeah was that on the manfred the man song. version then too yeah it was so on the like man you need context of like the history of a completely different artist <laughs> like it's yeah um but yeah they both they're both really good they're good fuck yeah with that let's talk about funk star deluxe yes, here we are nine, 91 minutes into recording and it's time to talk about Christ. the third version 
<laughs> so good that you cut down the playlist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm glad I cut out the other seven-minute one. Because quite frankly, it was just the Manfred Man version. I think there was one interesting section, but I... Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't worth getting through the other, like, six minutes to get to it. Nope. <laughs> All right, so this is Funkstar Deluxe, who's a Danish house producer and uh, remixer. <laughs> this is starts out with a sampled and slowed down version of the yeah it's like slowed down just a little bit i i played Mm -hmm. this at our place and will was like this is more house than you would normally listen to i was like you're right will but also what makes it house please tell me i don't understand and he couldn't really explain Mm. he's just like well you're in a house listening listening to to music music, so it's a house song i was like i get it all music is house music Mm. (laughs) unless you're in your car (sighs) So, um, I don't understand the genre very well. Maybe one day I will. Maybe. Um, but yes, it's a sample that's slowed down. Yeah. Uh, they've taken the strings some... out, though, and kind of replaced them with, like, synthy sweeps. There's a real, like, uh, what if we uh, made this song digital vibe? Like, like in a way, you know, like when you get jacked into the Matrix? And you see all these codes and numbers and shit? It's like that musically for the manford man version yeah it adds some like breakup effects and stuff that sound more more digital um and then there's like some drums and stuff too and then they do the repeat so like the drums coming in like that kind of stuff but there's also a really cool bass line in here yeah that but it's not actually thriller even though when i did that it kind of sounded like thriller it's not that like thriller when you did it it's not that yeah, it's a nice, like, it's an electronic bass, but it's got a real nice deep tone on it. Yes. Yeah. So, and you've got sounds. these vocals that sound like somebody's being assimilated by the Borg while they're singing. <laughs> yeah, um, this it's not just sample, right? It's... I think that is not a sample at that part. I think that's uh, somebody else singing it, and then they'll bring in the sample back on the chorus. Right, right, but first they go through like a whole section that's like completely different. Like they fade out, blind, did, did, and then there's the yeah. like that bass line, and then some drums, and then like a guitar doing a little riff, and like, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, and there's yeah. also a, like a, a muted guitar, I think, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's like so. Like, there's a lot of instruments, like you said. There's there's kind of the digital sound, kind of like digital artifacty kind of um, sound to it yeah um feel everything is like strained um and then they go into that chorus again and then where they play the sample yeah and then uh i think it's uh we get i'm sorry i'm trying to say the verses they do the verses (laughs) he does sing the verses but then also like layers in samples of the lines from the original sometimes sometimes and like for the for like for the ending line when he says the calliope crash to the that they layer in the like high intensity repeat version yeah. of that calliope crash to the ground so like i get it it's a dancey version you want more intensity you put in the more intense version it makes sense it's logical and then it goes to the chorus which is surprisingly like 
almost just a sample and nothing else. Yeah, it like still some like layering, I think, of like different parts together, but like mostly just like doing that keyboard part and playing the sample of the yeah, of the chorus. Yeah, like they throw in a little bit of harmony at some point and like maybe some some sweeps. But yeah, and eventually they bring their clean. drums back in, but it's yeah. pretty straight. Straight sample. Um the next big thing we get is uh it's got to be after the second chorus where they start doing uh repeating the line adolescent pumps. Pump pump. <laughs> is that um adolescent pumps? I think I know it's that at, is. if you go at like 318. Yeah. Yeah, they say it weird. She's got Yeah, it, it took pumps. me. I was like, are, "What are they fucking saying?" And I was like, "Oh, it has to it has to be adolescent pumps." Yeah, I guess it's got to be. So he's like, "Now we're gonna tuck it. We're gonna say the masturbation line over and over again." Yeah, mm. and then we return to that synth while that's playing in yeah. the back. And like, yeah. there's actually two synthesizers playing. I think I should mention. There's yeah. one that's less obvious, but there's another one that plays at the same time. Think through the whole thing. Oh yeah, um, I'm just hearing that one now. It it's like a very tight and small one. Yeah, kind of doing like, it's pretty low. Still fits with the like digital feeling, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're gonna talk about at least one more electronic version, and I think this one's a lot better than that. Yeah, this one's pretty strong. It feels like very cohesive. It doesn't. Yeah. It's like got its own thing for a bit, which is a little disconnected, but not so disconnected because it ends up like bringing the other stuff kind of back and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like when uh, like a super villain takes apart your loved one and makes them half robot and then sends them to kill you. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's good things, there's bad things. Um, yeah. Although I, Funkstar Deluxe has been called the Danish king of the remix, so. That's yeah. what this is. Honestly, I, yeah, I think it's a good remix. We, mm-hmm. uh, we I, of course, get further and further away from the, the themes and messages of the original, but I don't think that's the purpose of this remix is to be like, hey, get out of the small town. Stop having so much sex. Yeah. You are freaks. We, are, we, are we ever going to be better than this? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> this is what we have to ask ourselves. Because that's what electronic music friends. is about. That's the, that's the question uh, electronic music is always asking. <laughs> Uh, everybody should watch We Are Your Friends. It's amazing, but also terrible. It is a film. It's yeah. It's it, it sits <laughs> on my mind every day. So it's yeah. It's like it's hard to get out of. It's like so. I'm gonna draw uh, an undeserved connection, but I I brought up um, Jack Kerouac earlier. Yeah. Um, On the Road is a book that I didn't really enjoy reading, but like right. I think about fairly often. Like it's, and that movie is kind of like that for me as well. Right, just less of less time invested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also like less important, but I still think about it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. One of these is a classic American novel. The yeah. other is a, a Zac Efron vehicle about EDM. But which is which? Um. But yeah, I see the metaphor and I respect yeah. it, or the uh, <laughs> the similarity. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I feel about On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Yeah, it's yeah. That's I feel similarly about that novel. With that, we're going to talk about Plan 9 in 2004. Blinded by the night Wrapped up like a deuce Another honor in the night Blinded by the light Wrapped up like a deuce Another 
Nine. So Alex, who are these guys? Plan Nine is a neo psychedelia group from Rhode Island. Is they've been around they? because for a while. this album has not oh, been listed not? on their on their uh, discography on that Wikipedia page? Oh, I could be totally wrong. I did notice that a lot of their stuff on Wikipedia was not on Spotify. Could be and someone else entirely. Could be a neo psychedelia group from Rhode Island that like has a quote from the Calgary Herald on their yeah Wikipedia, on their Wikipedia page. page. <laughs> um, also, uh, okay, so again, might not be the same group, but. The Wikipedia page lists one of their albums is called Cowtown, which is actually Calgary. So hey. they seem to have a connection. Because the name of this album is called Rear View. And right. I didn't see that anywhere on the Wikipedia page. Now, if you do me a favor, Alex, and if you click on this, you go to the album on Spotify. Good album. It'll say album Rear View by Planet Nine brackets formerly, formerly plan nine. nine. Oh, i did not see that and now plan the only planet nine i could find was a two-man heavy metal act which this is not plan planet of nine is also a group yeah. yes i see that so this one's tough i don't really know who this is what does plan nine um imply? it's a reference to a sci-fi film i believe okay I can't yeah. remember which one now, but Plan 9 from Outer Space, a 1959 oh, American independent right. science fiction horror film. Hmm. Um, This version, to me, we're just going to talk about that because we, we cannot decipher the identity of Planet 9, but it sounds like video game jazz. Video game jazz? Yeah, so bringing in elements, I will, I will list three things. Um, The foreside from Earthbound um mario kart with the uh like particularly later ones with the saxophone and horns on this and then also just like ending credit music in mario games yeah okay the intro does sound like it could be like part of a mario kart theme i'm hearing that now that you say it definitely yeah and it's just it's got like i feel like i should be watching pictures of of like characters i encountered in the game you know, rebuilding the homeland or whatever the fuck. And whatever happens in, in the credits. Like, the credits are rolling and, and vignettes are playing. Lots of vignettes. Uh, yeah. In Just in, like, boxes that appear. Yeah, so that is the musical energy I'm receiving That from is this. the musical energy that this, this produces, quite frankly. Um, and uh, that's... I hadn't thought of that, but I, I like that. Um, it is definitely more laid back. This is like, I mean, in addition to the video game credits music energy, it, it feels like kind of a laid back jazzy version, like pop jazz. Yeah, I think you could apply, yeah, pop jazz or easy listening to this and, you know, nobody would bat an eye. Um, so they, they, their intro, like you said, it's got that like saxophone. It's got some like synthy keys doing like chords and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Very different. Like it's not trying to be the keyboard part from from the Manfred Man version, which this is covering. Every, I mean, we didn't say it, I don't think, explicitly. Everything is a cover of the Manfred Man version, except for the one after this, actually. But most of them <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. Everyone's like, that's the version of this song. Yeah, so we move from this, like, jazzy horn section at the start with some, like, bubbling synth at the bottom to just some, like, very basic, uh, like, guitar arpeggios, like acoustic. While the guy sings. Mm-hmm. 
And then we start building in other things. We get the baseline coming in. I'm assuming it's a stand-up bass. Um, we get the horns starting to punctuate. And, and you're, you know, you're doing your victory laps around the Mario Kart track because you won the Mushroom Cup or whatever. Yeah, the cup is rotating. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Slight angle. Yeah. It's more dynamic that way. Um, what else is interesting about this one? I mean, the horns have a decent sound here. Yeah, they're a very crisp, very clean horn. Yeah. Um, it's pretty close to the structure of the Manfred Man version. Yeah. They've just kind of changed everything around that. That's right. You even get the piano doing the guitar triplets. Um, yeah, um... That was just around, uh, like, 115, maybe. Yeah, and when they go into the to the chorus, like, it's blinded by... But then it's, like, backups on there, so it's, like, chorus, so it, it, it's joyous, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but... Yeah, it's, I think we, uh, we're, we're talking about the details that we, yeah. we put Trying the thesis out front like, first, and now we're talking about the details yeah, that support it. Yeah, I guess it. so. But, like, that's, that's, that's the vibe. So I guess it's fun. That's where the fun is, is here. This seems like, <laughs> here this, this feels like something you'd see and enjoy at, like, a local convention or something. Like, the mm-hmm. band would, like, there'd be a larger band playing at, like, I don't know, Salsa Fest? I don't not that this is like latin sounding but no but i feel but like they're not that picky in calgary but anyway some um, local thing yeah where yeah. anybody can come up local event they sound like a local group they're not bad they just don't sound this doesn't sound like super produced and we don't even know who they are so that's probably their thing anyway yeah that, that tells you a lot of what you need to know um yeah it's got that those the sax and stuff really makes it this older jazzy feel. <clears throat> yeah. Clean jazz, pop jazz. Do they have the Mama Always Told Me Not to Look Into the Sun lyric? I didn't notice I don't it. think there is. They just no. say the rest of it, but they never like finish the line. They say that's where the fun is. But that's the only part. Yeah. So less intense in that way. <laughs> less yeah. rebellious, I guess. But like it's it's a decent version. Yeah, it's it's all up. There's no real down to this one. It's yeah. just like fuck yeah, blinded by the light, baby. Yeah, considering that the Manfred Man one has like these like epic ups. <laughs> yeah, not that it's ever like down, but like it gets like, very down. like introspection time, like dark stage with a spotlight. Mama always told me not to, you know, like. Yeah, it's a this very doesn't stark, have like, that. boom. Yeah, there's none of that here. There's no contrast. It's just feel-good vibes. Now, next we're going to talk about a little-known artist called Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah. Um, the year 2006. The year Dublin, Ireland. This is a recording he did with the Sessions band, okay. who he worked with for the Seeger Sessions album. Okay. Yeah, so this has more of like an American Southern kind of like folk traditional little jazzy feel. Like, I think yeah. they also played at the like 
New Orleans jazz, I'm going to say festival. Uh, yeah, it has that sort of very specific, like a harsher jazz. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's got some jazz, but like it's not, it's a different feeling. And I don't know jazz subgenres very well, but I think it's more like New Orleans. I would believe that. Um, cause there, I was trying to pick up on some element of this. I was like, is it Spanish? Like there's something in the yeah, rhythm. Yeah, parts of it feel, parts of it feel like Latin. Like yeah. again, these like or like Spanish guitar kind of thing, and like the the horn that plays that rhythm section at the start that it sounds like some other song, but it's I can't uh, put my finger on yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a trombone. Okay, yeah, I believe. Um, there's a video of this song. Right, that's how naturally. I know. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you watched it. Um, no, I didn't. So, yeah, this is a cool version. Basically, what they do is they take this riff, this and like center the song around that. So it's like mm-hmm. taking the existing song, but then kind of shifting it because now there's this like musical interest and it's this one specific riff, which wasn't really present in the original, except perhaps it could be argued, probably by me, that the saxophone riff is like kind of that, but maybe too right but this extent. is more prominent. yeah like very focused on that um so he comes in like with lots of cowbell which is yeah cool. which is where that folk element comes in is yeah. the cowbell and the violin that comes later yeah and then he starts to play these like up strums on the guitar and it's like very intense mm-hmm. it's very intense throughout um and that's how like they do the first verse again similar to the original it's it's like very limited on the first verse. He's doing these upstrums and that cowbell's playing. And then they come everyone comes in for the second. Like there's this violin and the violin's got a really cool sound too. I mean there's a lot there's a lot going on here. Um and then the bass is like playing a similar riff. Yeah, um, the bass is actually like yeah. I mean it's mixed low, maybe partially because it's a live performance, but mm-hmm. it is just ripping. Like yeah. it's moving very quickly. Same goes for the drums. Simple but like going hard. Yeah, and the horns kinda like accent the end of lines as horns are wont to do. Mm-hmm. Like um and they play those first two. Oh, also like if you watch the video, it's a really big band. There's like a ton of backup singers and like they all have tambourines and like there's a bunch of strings and and uh horns and stuff so pretty cool fucking a. um and then they go into the chorus which is like a new chorus which is based around this riff um it's new it's not new words but it's like new structure because <laughs> it becomes this like call and response thing because he's like oh we're blinded 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 baby by the light mm-hmm. so like new thing going off there going on there Often, yeah right? it kind of it like almost simplifies things in a way to play more to the sort of genre they're playing in yeah which is supposed to be more like traditional i guess folky yeah um but really yeah i feel like a lot of them are wearing like those bandanas on their heads and okay. i feel like that's their genre but i don't know what the word for it is <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I, I think it's like a, a, a sect It's like a different sect of Americana You know, different from Bruce Springsteen's Usual fare Yeah, but it's like, but it's a really cool sound I think, um, yeah, pointing to New Orleans On a map is honestly probably Good enough Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, really. Like, you know how there's like a confluence of several different cultures here? This one. Um, that's like also distinct from the rest of the United States. Yeah. As far as I know, I've never been to New Orleans. I've heard great things. Heard good things. Um, yeah, and then there's a violin solo, there's a trumpet solo. And then they skip, yeah. jump to the fourth verse. They do not do the third verse. That's um, right. I think there's an organ layered in now. Uh, then they go into the fifth verse. Yeah, and he combines verse five and six. Yeah, so first half of the fifth, second half of the sixth. More backup vocals here. Um, oh, and then a big transition, big breakdown for Mama always told me not to look into the sides of the sun. And then it's like, just drums and sounds this like oh yeah violin dramatic oh man so dramatic the whole thing is like so intense and dramatic yeah i don't it's like a if you see bruce springsteen playing a lot of the time and i talked about this when he did uh what was he did a cover of um what was the one we did not too long ago not too long. You say this about everyone we did in the. Like, I know, you know right? We did it like last year. <laughs> um, um, was it Raspberry Beret? Did no. he do a cover of Raspberry no, Beret? No, I'm crazy. So. What was the one that he did with Tom Morello? Um, that was London Calling. Smell? London Calling. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was off by one week. Um, so he like he just seems like when he's playing, he's like so tight and like he's just really like like tensed up. Except mm-hmm. now he's playing up instead of down. It's basically the same thing, um, right? As London Calling, but oh, like yeah, like he murders the fuck out of his guitars yeah. when he plays. I just them. I feel like that, like looking at his body language there, like that's what the song sounds like as well. Hmm. Um. Yeah. To, we got to keep moving. We um, do. We do. It's a it's a phenomenal reinterpretation by a guy who already got it right the first time. It's <laughs> yeah. very cool. It's done live, which is also super cool. Let's talk about it, kind of shitty electronic one. Matt Vimanis. Um, the year on this is 2015. When I was researching him, the only thing I could find was on Discogs.com, which said he died in November of 2011. Oh. Um, and that this might actually be a 2002 release, but we're going to treat it as 2015. Yeah, I didn't. Not that it makes a huge difference either way. <laughs> and I don't know how much I trust Discogs.com. Like, they didn't even have a picture of him or anything. Yeah. Who is this Matt Vermanis? V- Vermanis. Vermanis. So I was looking at it from distance. I was like, Vernanis? No. No. Uh, Vermanis. I, I put it into Google. It's like, do you mean Matt Vanamis? And I was like, do I? <laughs> I don't look at it. I was like, No. No, I don't. Um, all right. So, yeah, this seems to be the entirety of this person's material as well. Like, Yeah, this and a bunch of remixes of it oh, by yeah. other people. Some remixes. Um, so now, there's actually a 24-second introduction that precedes this. We get the end of it on the actual track where it says the word storm. And there's like a little, a little lightning storm sound or thunderstorm sound. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's an electronic yeah. version. It... it kind of based around or the intro is based around like the the keyboard part mm-hmm. but it kind of adds the drums so it sounds more like rhythmic yeah and it's a little faster i think than the manfred man version i wouldn't be surprised and like more more treble in there it's a little more like chip tuny almost 
chiptune eh? Yeah, I guess this part of that, not like, qu- more like, digitally. Not quite, but, yeah, yeah leaning to that, that digital uh, spectrum. Yeah. Uh, this guy seems to be singing. Yeah. He's singing he, really he says wrapped up. He says douche. Like, he, he hits douche. He has to this. say douche, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Very much sounds like he says douche. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's the Manfred Man's Earth Band chorus with, like, some synth sweeps added. Yeah. Yeah, this um, sort of like choppy synth that kind of twists and turns. Yeah. But like it's mostly just like changing the filter, I think. Yeah, it's all very soft, very synth focused, and not a, not like very intense on synth. Like not a lot of big tricks going on. Like you said, it's just kind of like moving one knob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, then he does a verse, actually. Um, yeah. Again, like kind of like lower energy, but like that electronic thing where it's kind of the lyrics are in the background. Mm-hmm. And then a new synth comes in to play those diddly 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 triplets. Yeah, the guitar bit. Um. Yeah, it's it's like so faithful to the Manfred Mann version. Um, just with like cheaper instruments. Yeah, except other than it's much much shorter. Um, it yeah. doesn't do. It only goes through like the beginning part. It only sings the well. He does do a chorus. Yeah, or it does a, maybe a two verse, verses uh, or two, and then it uh, doesn't do. The, he does like, the Silicon Sister. Right, right. He does not sing again. The mom always told me not to look into the sights of the sun line, which it, it seems like an auto mission. Like the other one didn't do it. Plan Nine didn't do it either. Yeah. I don't. I don't um, really know why you'd skip that. It's it's kind of an important line. Yeah, well, this one's trying to be more dance-like, right? Did True. Funkstar Deluxe have that? Mm, I, don't I don't recall know. it doing the... Maybe uh, and maybe it doesn't matter mama. that much. I don't know. Uh, yeah, unless you're going to do something huge with it, you could do a great drop with that. And in the year 2015, we were all about drops. Yeah, I'm surprised none of these versions seem to. I did cut a couple electronic versions, though. There were several versions. A lot of these were, like, remixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it's mostly synths replacing sounds and like they have more of like a, um, like looping, I guess, amp sound to them where it, it, you know, or filter, but probably amp. It's like a great tech demo is what I would call this song. It's like, look, you could take a, a rock and roll classic and turn it into all synth. Like if this was, if the synthesizer was just being discovered, and you showed me that it could play Blinded by the Light, but differently, I'd be like, holy fuck. The future is now. <laughs> the future is now. And speaking of the future... Yeah, let's knock this last one out. Our Royal Melody. Is the last version. Royal Melody. Secondhand songs list this as a 20, 2005 release, so oh, I, I I like did not look at that at all. It, it says it's unverified though, so whatever. It's twenty eighteen as far as we can. Twenty eighteen. So yeah, this does not seem to be a sample voice. Um, it comes in with the lyrics, but it's yeah. like heavily filtered. It's like it's like a if he was singing it underwater and slowly emerged from the ocean. Oh, that'd be a cool effect. That would be cool. And then he says, because he's cold, because he just came out of the ocean, he says, the night. The night. Yeah. They also add in, 
they similar to the Funk Star Deluxe version, they have like a completely different song section. This one yeah, uses like a distorted guitar though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we take a hard uh, turn to just a dance track. Sit down a little funky bass line. You get that guitar going. A sort of like echoey guitar yeah. loop. Bass. And then it's some, like barely a Boots and Cats drum going on. True. Yeah. And then we get those submerged vocals again. They come back. Yes. Blinded by the blinded by. Fade back in. And then they do a chorus. With some keys. Mm-hmm. Oh, chorus and keys. Yeah, it's got the original keyboard riff. But now the yeah. new stuff is incorporated in. Yeah. Both are happening at the same time. Boots and cats. Oh, right. And we have this big break that comes afterwards where it's like just this rhythm guitar. Yes. It's, it's the most boring shit. Like around 145. Right. The lyrics get like almost completely submerged. Actually, they do. And then it's just. Right. It's, it's like just that like distorted just guitar. Just doing, you know, the chord changes. Yeah. Which. For like a little while. Probably a little too long. Yeah, you could. Uh, I think if you're going to do that, you do like two bars of that and then bring it back up. And then they bring the the keyboards back in. Yeah, and then we kind of just loop. We get back to that dance progression that it cut to near the beginning. Here's a question. Why did I, in my notes, describe the bass and drums as unjust? <laughs> I think it's probably a typo, but who knows? Unjust. Unjust. Hmm. I mean, I don't think they're just, so... Yeah. You're not wrong. I'm not sure if it's a, it's a great insight. Yeah, so I, I compared this to the uh, live Bruce Springsteen version because they're both kind of based around a new riff. However, right. in this version, the riff is not even really a riff. It's more like just strumming, like pretty straight strumming on a rhythm guitar. And it's yeah. not really incorporated that well as compared no. to the, the live in Dublin one. Yeah, you're right cuz like it's uh when we when it strips down to just that guitar, it's not like rewarding. Like when in the no. Manfred Mann version if you strip down to just that rhythm organ, that da, da, like, da, 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 mm. you're like, "Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah." There's a lot to appreciate there. If you strip down to the in the live Bruce Springsteen version, there's something to latch on to. With this, it's just like it's oh. like and it's like a slow rhythm guitar too. Like this is a slowed down version. Yeah. It's kind of like lethargic feeling in that it's way. It's like yeah, getting caught in a construction zone on the highway. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, we were going places, and now I gotta sit through this. Yeah, so also not a very strong electronic version. Yeah. Um. With that, we're going to get into our final verdicts. we got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version to fuck to, because, hey... Sometimes the third category is an old classic. Sometimes. Uh, specifically in a car, though. To fuck you two in a car. We'll, right. We'll, this uh, isn't house music. This is car music. This is car music, baby. Alex, worst version of this. Why? Worst version and why. Um, I would probably give worst to Matt Vamanis. It wasn't very interesting. He pretty clearly says douche. 
Um, it doesn't like super go anywhere. Maybe that's not a huge deal. That's probably that's definitely not the worst thing about it. But like you said, it, it feels like it could have a little more, and it doesn't. Yeah, it's just uh, it falls short of doing anything interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, by that same merit, I'm gonna give it to Royal Melody just to to spread the shit out a little. Because they both deserve it, really. They both deserve it. So you know, one each. It's just no good. We just talked about it. It's no good. Alex, here's the more interesting question: What's the best version of this? What is the best version? Now, obviously, there are three versions that we fucking gushed about for the last yeah. for like an hour and a half before talking about anything else. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's the original, which we haven't officially said, but we generally don't choose. Um, so I will not choose that one, even though I love it. Um, and then there's the Manford Man version, and then there's the Bruce Springsteen cover. Uh, Manford Man kind of deserves it. It's very good. Yeah. Um, and it's extremely influential. And I think the live version is also incredible. But, I, I mean, Manford Man deserves it. They put in the work. They put in the work, and yeah, it's just like a, it's just such a wild reimagining. It's the sort of creative energy we saw on that uh, Summer in the City cover, but like channeled and refined. It's yeah, still exactly. big, bombastic, and does makes <clears throat> big reaches. Yeah, it's made the good it, changes, and then they were like, but does it make sense? And then, yes, it did. And then, yeah, it did, and they're like, And they finished nice. the song, and then they released it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, yeah, made history. It's a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously it goes to Manfred Man. It's the best version. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen's uh, cover is cool, very interesting. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't set up as a, as a wild of a, a soundscape portrait, I think, is the Manfred Man version. Soundscape um, portrait. There it is. That's, that's what I have to say about it. All right. Uh, Alex, fucking in your car what's what's uh or you know pumping your uh fist into your hat or whatever into the line is yeah <laughs> um hmm i mean i'm tempted to say manford man just because it gives you the most time to work with <laughs> but uh i mean the the tension present in the bruce springsteen live cover um i feel like that's oh yeah that's very exciting so. It, it mirrors that of Scott and the the lover in the sand. Ah, yes, sure. Um, you so know, turn up the band so you don't get shot by somebody's dad. Yeah, and not getting shot is a okay with me. So I'll, right. I'll give it to that one. Um, perfect, good choice. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Funkstar Deluxe. Ooh. You know, bring the house into the car. What? <laughs> that, that yeah, that's called living in luxury, baby. It's. <laughs> play that they're like is this a home i'm like no it's a buick (laughs) (laughs) yes live in your car that is the lap of luxury (laughs) that is the lap of luxury um yeah i I thought it was i thought it was a good remix yeah that one's pretty solid especially compared to the last two we talked about oh yeah and you can loop that bitch so if you need more time just just loop it they're not gonna realize they've been listening to a slowed down version of manford man if they realize then you're doing something wrong that's exactly right. That is probably not true, but anyway. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe they might realize anyway. You Some know. people are just very observant. Yeah, if they realize they just weren't blinded by the light. And maybe that means something, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't, but what that means for us is we have come to the end of the main segment. Uh, if you have a similar opinion, different opinion, or want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, like the Ginger Baker version, 
Um, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at SomeAlexWiseGuy. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, rather, Apple Podcasts, any podcasting app that you can think of. We're probably there. Um, we might not be on Amazon yet. I don't know if I submitted there, but I think we are. I forgot they even did podcasts. Yeah, it's it's uh, they've been pushing it recently, so it's I think like last month they started really being like, oh, come to Amazon for podcasts. So did I forget or did I just not know? Yeah, you might have just not known. It yeah. seems like something they should have always it's been possible. doing, though, right? Because they do everything. They do everything, yeah. Fuck Amazon. Nonetheless, uh, you can also email us questions, comments, concerns at our email address, which is covermepod at gmail.com. Normally, this is where we'd have a bonus segment. We're at two hours here, folks. One hour for each year the podcast has been going. <laughs> so we're just going to we're gonna wrap it up here nice and tight. Um, as we always say on Cover Me, I have it right here. Mama always told me not to look into the podcatcher apps. But Mama, that's where Cover Me is.